Hello travellers, and welcome to Tales from the Dark Dragon's Inn, Season 2, Episode 23, The Turning Tide. I'm excited to finally be sharing this episode with you. I've been working hard behind the scenes during this hiatus, so if you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, head over to patreon.com forward slash darkdragonsin to see what we've got in store for you. If you're a fan of tabletop RPGs and actual playstyle shows, you may also want to check out something new I have in the works. It's called Voices at the Table, and features players from a variety of marginalised communities playing games made by marginalised creators. You can find out more on Twitter at Voices at. This week, we have the whole crew. Hi, I'm Vinny. My pronouns are he, him. I play Murren, the half-orc monk. His pronouns are he, him. I'm Liz. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Toby, the tiefling warlock of the Raven Queen. He uses he, him. Hi, I'm Tom. My pronouns are he, him, and I play Herbach, the lizardman wizard. He uses he, him pronouns. I'm Nina. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Mix, the Asimar warlock of the Fey. Her pronouns are also she, her. And I'm Ray, your host and game master. I use he, him pronouns. I play Scrawl and the Doomsinger who both use he, him pronouns too. And I also play just about everyone else. And without further ado, on with the show. Welcome, welcome, please come in. Oh, we're so grateful for your continued patronage. Please, let me take your coats and we'll get you settled in. Each passing moment brought us closer, step by step to truth. Tired of waiting and driven to act, the truth became a noose. Toby, Murren, and the Doomsinger were attempting to track down the brother of Lorila Thundreth. They had been led by a goblin that they located at the Liar's Head called Scond, an ex-employee of the Low Lantern. He said he could take you to Lorila's brother. His name is Asura. And he works at a place called Heresy's Watch, which is where you are now. You are standing in front of a purple and glittering curtain. The Doomsinger scoffs and says, I'll be outside. Rolls his eyes, turns around and walks out of the store. Of course, just keep an eye out, yes. He raises one hand over his shoulder and does a two-fingered salute. Um. After you. <laughs> Very well. I'll step through. I'll, I'll be outside as well. Just let me know if you need anything. In, in, enjoy, I guess. And he wanders over to the counter to have a quick chat with the person manning the sales till, I guess. Enjoy? I follow Marin in. You push aside the curtains and step through into a really dim room. And it's a little short corridor. And you walk forwards into the corridor and through another curtain. And as you do, there's a clap of thunder. And the ground shakes. Only a little. Just just light tremors all around you. And suddenly, candles flare up in front of you. <laughs> and they're sitting on a table with his fingers interlinked in front of him. Four fingers pressed together in front of his lips. He looks up slowly at you as a young Asimar man. I knew you would come. Please be seated. Side-eye, Marin. What? Are we doing? 
and he's gestured and you see in front of him in the candlelight there are in fact two chairs on the opposite side of the table obviously i'm wary but i sit down i'll just slide over cautiously as you sit down he reaches forwards with one hand and with a quick flourish removes a velvet cloth which you now notice was covering in the darkness a globe of crystal you have sought me for a while yes um i just want to be clear every time he talks his hands and his head movements and his body language say mysticism in a very, very eccentric way. Well, you're not wrong. I don't know, it's 24 hours, a long time. <laughs> he looks slightly perplexed for a moment. You have come for my skills. I will show you the way. But first, you can pay, yes? Um, we're not actually here to get our fortunes read. <laughs> and he puts up a hand. I know why you are here. Yeah, I'm sure you do. He's got one finger up. I know why you are here, but you, you are the one who does not. Uh-huh. I'm sure that you believe you are here for a reason. Yeah, sure do. I, I know why you are here. Okay, well, can And he puts his hand out. Three silver, and <sighs> we shall see what I have to see for you. I mean, Toby, we can just pay the guy. I begrudgingly take out three silver and give it to him. He takes the three silver, nods politely, and you see it disappears off the table. And he puts his hand on the ball, the crystal in front of him, and you see him close his eyes. And he's got hand either side and the candles slowly dim as he focuses on the crystal ball. And a warm light begins to radiate within it. Yes. I... Uh, I see so much. You have traveled far. And he looks up at you both for some kind of response. Well, how are you guys reacting to this? I think Toby's already fed up, so... Uh-huh. Sure. You witnessed a great crime. Well, who in the city didn't? A crime against hundreds. You encountered a great beast. One that... Hmm. You. And he looks at you, Marn. To you, the beast was not one but two. It spoke a word to you. But you do not know its meaning. And he turns to you, Toby, and says, And you, many other reptilian eyes which are watching you, boy. How are you both reacting now? Very put off. I want an insight check this guy. Oh my god! It's a 20! And he's telling you what he sees. As he's saying this, what is your body language now saying? I think I might be leaning in a bit more. I think Toby's doing the opposite. I'm leaning away, but I'm a lot less like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, this is bullshit, and a lot more like, I'm not sure if I want to stay in this room anymore. I'm entranced. He glances at you briefly and sees the changes in your body language, and you notice, Toby, just a little smirk. You keep strange company. A champion of the light and a child of the dark. I sense dragons in this room. And he's looking around, and his hands are on the crystal ball, and it's glowing brighter. One of platinum, and one with many eyes. 
And he looks at you, Marin, and says, You and your friends are in great danger. What kind of danger? I... His eyes shuffle around the room. I... I cannot say. In company. But you should be careful of who you trust. I'm not reacting to that. I'm still in like, oh shit mode. But also because I assume that we're in great danger pretty much all of the time. I just take a look at Toby. You seek my sister. Why? We hope that she may have answers for a friend of ours. She lost her sister. My sister knows nothing. She is safe. In that case, there might be something else you can help us with. If you're so certain that she knows nothing, the thing that we're investigating is the potential murder of Trail Invictus. This I know, but I am not shown. All I see are dragons everywhere. I believe you may be talking about the cult. I do not know. My visions are not clear. Danger follows you and your friends wherever you go. There is some truth to that. The five-headed dragon is watching you closely. I'm probably a little bit fidgety in my chair at this point. I am not comfortable with this conversation. Well, you're not wrong there. I think if we were not on the tail of the cult, then... No, friend. Her gaze may be... You are mistaken. Your souls. That is what they fight over. The Platinum One expects much from you. But the Five-Headed, she seeks to tear down everything you seek to accomplish. And she watches you closely. Always. Do you suggest we do something about it? I suggest nothing. You only paid me three silver. I can only show you the door. You are the one that must burn it. Or open it. What you do with the door is up to you. I see things. I do not make decisions. Is Toby just silent this entire time? Yeah, yeah, I'm deeply uncomfortable. Did Oz come in with you? Yeah, I'd say so. Oz is surprisingly quiet, but he is almost double his usual size. It's more like a cat. I mean, he's fluffing up a little, but the increased size is also whatever he's getting from you. Mm, internally, I am feeling very agitated and somewhat hostile. Outwardly, is just... Outwardly, you're very calm. Oz is silent, but if you were reading his mannerisms, you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, what a friendly bird. <laughs> Oz is watching him very, very intently. I'm not saying anything. I'm taking it all in and having an oh shit moment in my head. Asara, if I may, um, well, you... You made it clear that you were expecting us and that we were indeed looking for your sister. And you seem certain that she is safe for now, but I mean, how certain are you that she knows nothing of Trail's murder? Pretty fucking certain. Why would she? Head for the forests. Seek the trees. My visions are strange. Some things are as clear to me as you in front of me now. Others are murky. They are distant. I see them through fog. Family is easy. Danger. Blood. These things are easy. They leave a great mark on the weave. Other things 
And he shakes his head side to side. They are not so simple. If you want more, all I can say is you must seek the woods. Well, I think that means that we're going into the woods. As soon as you say, well, I guess that means we're going to the woods. The light in the crystal dims and the candles restore themselves. And he looks at you both and he doesn't look thrilled. Yes, I suppose you are. Well, I guess that's as uh, definitive as we're going to get. Should we go, Marin? Let's go, please. Can we go? I stand there a sec, reluctantly. Has Toby gotten up to go, or...? Gotten up, and I'm giving Marin that expected this please leave look. As I stand up, I know you're protecting your sister, but... If you touch her, I will kill you. We, we mean no harm. You walk with harm. But you only have my word. And your hands are covered in blood. But we do know there are other... I'd look down instinctively at my hands. There is no blood on your hands. Your hands are perfectly clean. He's speaking metaphorically. I- you do harm even when you do not mean to. Everywhere you go. Uh... Bahamut is expecting much from you. You must try harder. I'll leave. I walk out. As you walk down to the corridor, push your way out of the second curtain, you walk into the room, and Scond is jovially trying to haggle with the goblin behind the counter, trying to buy some kind of powder or something, and he sees you coming out of the curtains and turns around. Ah, well, that was, uh, that was fast. Didn't, uh, go well? Looks like it went well. And he's looking at you both and looking really optimistically. It went fantastically. But you can see it slowly waning from him. I just shrug dejectedly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've got to go back to work, so, um... Look, if there's anything I can do, just stop by. Stop by at the uh, the liar's head. All right, you you all have a good day. Uh huh. Thank you. Completes his purchase and rushes off. And we'll cut over to the Oaken Forge, where Abak and Mix and the dog are sitting down at a table, waiting for their food to arrive. Hey, I see you reaching for the skip button, but listen, there are a ton of fantastic shows out there. Here's one you could be missing out on right now. The world of Ostia has changed since a party of adventurers saved Orenthal from the sinister Whispered Ones. The future seems bright as people revel in a world rebuilding from the cataclysm. Magic is common and new technology solves old problems. Yet clerics and paladins find their magic weakened. And there is a chilling rumor that a powerful deity has died, or at very least, vanished. Join D&D Raw as our two diverse parties of adventurers explore the world of Ostia for our new actual play campaign. Find us at dndraw.com. See now, was that so bad? And now, on with the show. <sighs> Does this feel weird? Weird? I mean, the, the decals, I find it quite pleasing, to be honest. It's quite an interesting setup. Well, I still just... I can't get over what he said. What who said? Oh, uh... The dwarf is standing behind you, and he has a tray. It is your... Your nut salad, sir. And he puts the nut salad out in front of you, Urbach, and says, and, and your roasted nuts, madam. He puts a bowl of just roasted nuts because that's what you ordered, whether it was on the menu or not. And then he turns to the dog who has not touched its juice and goes, I thought he might like one as well. 
and he puts a large roast horse chestnut, puts it in front of the dog. Is there anything else I can get you? No, this is all good for me. Don't worry about him. He's a fussy eater. I'm sure he'll appreciate the quality of our nuts. I just begin tearing into the salad straight away. It's messy. I'll leave you to it. And he, t- he turns away and goes back to the bar. In a more hushed tone, I continue what I was saying to Arbach. I mean, they can't not know what's going on in the city, right? That- that's impossible. Hmm. Well, no, yeah. Huh. Maybe after this food we should slip out, just in case. Mm. I'm just looking around the room. When you were talking with the dwarf, you looked around the tavern, and when you were asking him about, well, what do you do when people cause trouble, he looked around and gestured at some of the people that were here. People don't cause trouble here. This is a respectful place. One of the groups that he gestured to was a group of three women who were sitting at a table. An elf, a furbolg, and a goblin, all of whom were carrying weapons. All of those weapons are holstered, but they are weapons nonetheless. The goblin is wearing quite fine plate armor, now that you pay attention to her. The furbolg and elf don't seem particularly interesting. They've got weapons, but the furbolg has a small dagger on one side, but she looks like she could probably take care of herself. And the elf has a small stick, truncheon of some kind, but it's made out of oak and it's like a twisted oak. But you notice on her belt are a couple of vials that look quite familiar and they remind you of a certain halfling that you travelled with not more than a month ago. Zilpip? Other than those three, no one in here appears to be working security of any kind. There's a couple of patrons dotted around, a pair of tritons sitting and enjoying a drink together, feasting on some tasty salads. There's a half-orc and a dragonborn who are conversing over something and having polite and quiet conversation. And the only real disturbance, if you could call it that, in here, is the continued music played by the young tabaxi boy. Hmm. And it's quiet, and everyone's conversation is quiet enough here that the music of this one guitar can be heard through the whole tavern. When I'm done burrowing through my salad, which isn't really taking very long, I just turn to Mix. Do you want to make a move? We don't feel we're getting anywhere here. I feel like they're hiding something, but I don't know if we're in a position to do anything about it. And I've been so preoccupied, I haven't actually touched my food. This this is just weird. I just, I don't want to leave without something, you know? I feel like if we go back as it is, we've, we're empty-handed. We don't have anything. We haven't learned anything. Thinking about it, we may have learned something. That your dog doesn't like juice? Well, we should probably make a move. I'm not comfortable talking here. This is the case. It's very quiet for a start. Mm, you're not wrong. Hmm... Is there an exit for the barman for another room he can go into or anything like that? Yeah, within? of course. It's behind the bar. Abak, follow my lead. I have an idea. Um, what? Oh, God. I'm gonna get up, brush myself off a little bit, make sure I got no nut bits on me, and gonna walk up to the bar. Hello, miss. Hello. What can I help you with? Well, I don't know if you can. I can help in lots of ways. I am very helpful. I'm sure you are. But for what I'm after, I think I think it might be a bit much. Well, why don't you let me know? 
and I'll tell you whether or not we have it. If you're after something for your meat-eating friend, I'm afraid we won't. Oh, no, no. He was quite content with the nuts. He seemed to really enjoy them. That's good. Everybody likes a good nut. What's Urbach doing as Mix gets up to do this? I'm sitting down, but I'm listening in very carefully, just for any cue that I may be needed. It's odd, actually. You're trying to listen in. You hadn't noticed it before because you hadn't been trying to listen in, but the music that the tabaxi kid is playing on his guitar, it has an odd dampening effect on the sound in the room. You can't actually hear the words that they're saying. It's almost magical. Hmm. And then I turn my head and just keep an eye on where they are and what they're doing. Well, actually, do you see... That bottle over there, could you bring it a bit closer? Just so I can have a look. It looks really nice. He's looking at you plainly. Which bottle would that be? You see the one, and it has a kind of like amber-colored liquid in it, and it has the the labels half peeled off. He narrows his eyes. I'm not sure we have any of that. Perhaps you were right. And he looks down slightly. I'm very sorry. I knew it was too big of a task. I am but your humble servant. I am going to rummage in one of my little satchels, and I'm going to pull out one of the bars of soap I still have. And then what I'm going to do with this is I'm going to cast light on this bar of soap and throw it in his face. You pull out a bar of soap, light it up, and lash it at his face. And it does indeed collide with his face in this already well-lit room. Yes! I hop over the bar and head towards the door. You start hopping over to the bar, and he's not blinded, because there's already light in this room. I just drop my jaw. You leap up onto the bar, and he makes a swipe for you, misses completely, and stumbles over, causing a loud crash. As he falls down, the amount of noise that comes from him falling over is way more than you would have expected. It's almost like somebody took a wooden cupboard full of pots and pans, and then they threw it at the ground real fucking hard. That happens, and you leap over the bar, and you are now behind the bar, and the door flies open. Three large humanoid forms run out. There's a dragonborn, a goliath, and an orc. And they all appear heavily armoured. Oh, fudge. Oh dear. There shouldn't be enough room behind the bar for all three of them, but there is, and they radiate shadow. They don't have weapons. They clearly don't need them. What do you do? I am going to cast shatter on them. As you stand there confidently, you reach out your hand and it's crackling with lightning and you snap your fingers and suddenly the crackle disappears from your hand and appears between the group of the three and then explodes out in a radiating area. And the two of them, either side of this dragonborn who are standing in the middle, just look at you dead. The noise that this dragonborn makes is like nothing you've ever heard. It's not like nothing you've ever heard, actually. When you were growing up, you'd occasionally visit the nearby city with your grandmother. And in order to get into the city, there was a moat around the outer walls. So in order to get in, they had to lower a drawbridge. And every winter... Just as the winter came to a close and spring began, the gears, largely through lack of use, would get really stiff. And so when you'd visit in the first day of spring, there was always this awful mechanical screeching. The chains and the gears would get locked and you could hear the stiffness of the metal grinding against the wood as it slowly wound down, just this constant screech 
that was drawn out and loud and it reverberated through you. That's the noise this dragonborn makes as he drops to his knees. And as he drops to his knees, that same noise that the dwarf made when he fell, you hear it again. But the other two are completely unfazed. As the Goliath and the Orc begin walking towards you, you hear... <coughs> no. No. And you look over your shoulder and the dwarf is putting his hand up. He looks resigned. This is a place of respect. And you are not being very respectful. Well, neither are you. You should leave. No, you should leave. He turns and looks at the Goliath and Orc, and he nods, and they begin walking towards you. Urbach, what are you doing at this point? The first bang you heard, but it was muffled, and then moments later you see Mix casting magic on these people, and you hear that awful, violent, metallic screech. The dog is not phased. Well, one, I'm trying to keep my cool because I want the dog to remain unfazed. Starts poking at the roasted nut in front of it with one finger. It's just rolling it around. I'm going to just walk slowly to the bar. As you get up walking slowly to the bar, that's where you hear Mick saying, no, you leave. And then you see the guards walking towards her. I'm going to cast mirror image, one to the left of me, one to the right. The idea here is there are two scary brutes. So between the three of me, the real me is going to try and get past them. The three of us are going to run and try and belly roll past the two. A swipe from behind reaches for you and grabs at your hair as you're running. And then you try to roll past the other two and you succeed. But then just as you're coming up from your roll, you see that two of your duplicates have been caught by the brutes and they smash them and you hear a clang as the arms that are crushing these things suddenly are no longer crushing anything and slam against the bodies of the orc and the goliath and as you are rushing forward still you hear no come back <gasps> oh i am a circus child the dragonborn looking figure makes a swipe for your knees on his own knees from the floor and you leap over him. Urbach, what are you doing now? All of this has happened in the space of about 10 seconds as you got to the edge of the bar. Well, the honesty, I'm still trying to decide what to do. This is all very baffling. I am going to run up to opposite where the door is. I am going to let myself get visibly worked up, just in the vain hope that it will cause a render to begin making a move. I mean, there's people behind me, but that's not Urbach's concern. When I get to the edge of the bar, I'm going to misty step into the door frame, as far as I can see. From your vantage point on the other side of the bar, you see that the door is open, but it appears to just open into a space about a few feet wide. It's almost like a broom closet, but you can see that it heads off to one side. I'm going to try and move slightly to the side to allow room for Mix to run past. Yep. Once you're inside there, you see more of the same decoration. It is wooded and growth and you see you are looking down a long set of stairs there is no light in here and you can see about 30 feet down the stairs based on the light coming in from the bar but beyond that is pitch black well time to hurriedly grab my hat and slap it on Mix, I assume you started running in down these stairs also? Yes. Even after the barman was like, no, wait, this is a respectful place. Yeah, fuck that. Running. As you run down the stairs, you notice that as you get deeper, the walls change texture. And you notice the humidity 
rising, and the stairs seem to just keep going. Can I hear anything following us? Very shortly after you run down the stairs, it takes a couple of moments, but yes, heavy clanking, screeching, wood, metal, grinding against one another, loud thuds. I'm really hoping the dog is involved in this. Do you just keep running? I think it's all I can do at any rate at this stage. You both keep running down the stairs and you can begin to feel the pressure pushing down on you as you get deeper. And it's hard to imagine how somewhere like this exists within the city because it doesn't feel like you're in the city anymore. It feels like you're in a tunnel or in a cave, but the wood is growing all around you. The humidity in the air is almost like being in a rainforest. You keep going and you hit the bottom. And there is a door. The clanging is getting closer. Uh, we, sh- we should go in, right? I'm going to reach out and grab it. You grab the handle, doesn't move. What kind of door is it? It's made of the same wood that the rest of the bar was. As best as you can tell in your black and white dark vision. Is there a keyhole? Doesn't look like it. I want to see if there's any kind of writing along the door or over it. What you're looking at is barely even a door. It's almost like just more of the wall. But you can tell it's a door because there's a handle. I want to try putting my hand on the door and the other hand on the handle, trying to turn it and push. The handle does not turn. And you try and push, and there is no give. It's like pushing against steel. And it feels cold and almost metallic. Can I Eldritch Blast the door? You stand back. Is Darkonius with you? I imagine he's been sleeping in the back of my hood this whole time. I think after the screeching of the uh, Dragonborn, there's no way he's asleep. As you summon the spectral energies of the Eldritch Blast, where do you target? The surface of the door. The Eldritch Blast impacts. You feel like in such a small space it should radiate out, but the noise of the footsteps behind you getting closer dampen it. And it's almost like the noise of the Eldritch Blast itself just... (laughs) The sound is almost immediately absorbed by the wood. It's almost like there's no reverberation. However, you do hear the sound of vocal alarm expressed on the other side of the door. (laughs) You hear more clanging and smashing. The noises are getting closer. Hmm. I'm going to try a firebolt on the door. You... Draw up a firebolt in this pitch blackness, and it's painful to your eyes that are so not used to seeing in this darkness to begin with, that are being magically expanded so that they're capable of seeing light, and as you release the firebolt, it is blinding to you. It sounds like it's impacted hard, and then as the brilliance fades from your eyes, you can see there has been no effect. But the voices on the other side of the door become louder and more alarmed. And the noises behind you get closer. You look up the stairs and you can see that all three of the large enforcers are very close to you now. Oh, the stupid door. There has to be a way in. Darconius. What is it, Mix? This door. Does it look normal to you? Um, no. How does it not look normal? It looks like it's made of trees growing out of other trees. If that's the case, we should be able to burn through it, right? It looks like really tough wood. Do you see any interesting colours right now? Yeah, I see silver and copper and also green. But they're all those guys up there. They're really weird. There's something not right with them, right? I mean... I've never seen people like that before. They're so strange. I know, and they make the weirdest sounds. Can can you hear that clip? They taste like... Mm, mm, 
copper that's been left in the woods too long. Okay, that's... Um... We should say hi! Hello! No, no, we should not say hi! And he goes, Darconius! They look very excited to see us. You just got blinded by the firebolt. You know how I have that dagger thing? I am going to try and wedge it between where the handle on the door is to see if I can somehow get it open. You take out your dagger. And this is the dagger that has previously been shown to you to cut through really, really strong wood as though it was cutting through tender meat. And that's what happens. What? You stab it through the door. And it sinks into the wood. Oh my god. You hear a child crying in fear. A child? As soon as you stab the door from the other side, you hear a scream of surprise and then a frightened, crying child. But it's not pain, right? No. There is more clanging as they get closer. I can see this dagger going right through the door, can't I? It's gone through the wood, but it hasn't like broken the lock. It's gone through the wood. I grab Mix's hand and try to use my strength try and pull the dagger across to try and carve a circle or a large enough hole into the door. You grab Mix's hand and there's no shift whatsoever. The dagger stays exactly where it was. And as you try to pull on this dagger, it's almost like you feel the weight of not only the door, but the whole building that you have just somehow run down a flight of stairs underneath pressing down against your blade. The four of them are upon you now, and the dwarf steps in front of the three large men, and he looks at you dead. Get out. Now. Why Why is there screaming? Because you are attacking our people. Now get out. I don't think they're very excited to see us, Mix. Nobody. They're really not. And you can see he looks furious. The expression on his face is far removed from the bartender that you met upstairs who was quite happy to help serve you juice and nuts, who brought the render a spare up because he was feeling generous. There are storm clouds on this dwarf's face and his expression is a grimace of anger and pain and he wants you to leave. I am going to take my dagger out of the door, put it back in its sheath in my satchel. I'm going to walk away. It's a long walk up those stairs, but you start walking back up them. It's going to sigh and follow. They don't move. They just watch you go and they stay exactly where they are watching you as you do the long, slow walk back up in the darkness. And it takes you a while, but you get out, you get to the top, you walk out into the bar, and the dwarf is there. He nods at you. The render is still poking its roasted chestnut. It is unfazed. And the tabaxi boy is playing his guitar again, and everybody's kind of relaxing, but you notice the three women are watching you as you walk out from behind the bar. So now that you are back into the tavern area... I walk down it a bit, not just a couple feet towards the middle of the bar. I'm going to go over to the render and just stand next to it whilst watching what Mix is doing. And I'm going to sit down at one of the bar stools and look at the dwarf, hoping that he'll come over. He does not. Where is he standing right now? He's standing in the middle of the bar. In that case, I will get 
to where I am essentially sitting in front of him, but on the client side of the bar. He acknowledged you when you came out of the door. He doesn't acknowledge you now. He's just calmly cleaning a mug. Uh, excuse me. He blinks. Do you know who I am? I know who you are. Do you know why I'm here? I know why you're here. Then why won't you help us? Because I want you to leave. Look, This is a respectable place. And you have not only been very disrespectful, but you have frightened my family. You have assaulted my home. And you ask for my help. I owe you nothing except for those roasted nuts. You lied to us. You paid for those. But if you'd like your money back, I'll be happy to oblige. I don't want money. I want my sister. Perhaps you should think about how you behave. There is more in this world than you and yours. Okay. Is she here? That is all I want to know. If you can tell me that, I will leave. I will turn around and I will never come back. What you want is of no concern to me. Who even are you? What makes you think that I'm going to answer any of your questions? What makes you think that you have any right to even be sitting where you're sitting? The goal. You sit where you sit because I allow you to. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at him. Sh should I know who this person is? Should Yeah, you know who this guy is. He's the guy whose home you just fucking vandalized. <sighs> but other than that, he's the bartender of the Oaken Forge. And he's the guy who, a moment ago, with three dudes who could clearly smash you to pieces, stood there and said, get out. And allowed you to leave. You know... You have no respect for anyone. You only have respect for the people you choose to have respect for. The only thing you care about is your little journey, and your own goals, and yourself. I was hoping we could trust you. I wanted to trust you. You gave me no reason to believe that. You have no faith. How can you expect me to after being in this city? You have no patience. I was hoping we could trust you. But you've walked in here, and within minutes, proven that we cannot. Just looking at him, shaking my head like, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna turn around and leave. He continues to clean his mug. Uh, back. You've been watching all of this, but completely unable to hear anything that has been said. Not because, because they were whispering or speaking low, but because once again, the music in the tavern somehow dampens all of the noise in here. And saying this, I tap the render on the shoulder and then we start to walk out. Follow it picks up the roasted horse chestnut, keeps it and wraps it closely in its clawed hand, walks over to the bar where the dwarf is, puts the horse chestnut down in front of it, and pokes it towards him, and he nods. And the render walks out. <sighs> well, I have to admit, I mean, I was planning on using something along the lines of disguising ourselves using magic, but your method is direct, I have to say. Mix, are you okay? He had no right. Um, did he say anything in particular? Just, no, forget it. Just, let, let's get out of here. As you're saying this, you recall that you agreed with Toby and Murren and the Doomsinger that this is where you would meet them. Well, ain't that a peach. You know, I do believe that building may be alive. That's fascinating. I feel like we learned a lot today. I learned that I hate this city even more. I'm just going to look thoughtfully at the render, trying to work out something about that nut and why it gave it back. 
It's just staring blankly into space. Well, I'm assuming we're going to wait here for the other two then. At least I, I'm going to just chill around. Slightly away from the front of the building. It might be a bit rude to stand in front of the window. Mix is going to go for a walk on her own. In that case, we'll cut back. Toby and Murrin stepping out of the store, having had their encounter with Asura. I'm not sure what happened there. I'm not sure I want to know what happened there. I mean, he was kind of telling us what- Oh, you're done. Oh, yeah, you're here. Singer steps away from the wall he's been playing with his pipe, blowing smoke animals. Enlightening, I suppose. Well, could say. I say disconcerting, but- Peculiar fellow. Indeed. Well, you know these mystic sorts. Well, we seem to have a kind of lead. Did they say anything interesting? No. And that is all we had time for. Keep in mind, we're now releasing every other week, so join us on February 20th for episode 24, Lessons Hard Learned. Until next time, travel safe, and remember, in this realm or the next, the scales of justice are here for you. Always. Always.